0: Hello there, I'm Kios the Ronin Beemaker, and welcome to Lounge Ronin, all things, everything. To learn more about myself and how you can support Lounge Ronin, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on social media, on Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S-R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, follow me at roninart underscore music. And if you prefer, hit me up at my email at roninartandmusic09 at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts. But if you're new to the channel, please make sure to hit that like button and subscribe and ring that notification bell. Now, on this episode, we're going to discuss, bless you Pablo, (laughs) and on this episode, we're going to discuss the Denisovan legacy around the world. Bless you, Pablo. That is Pablo, my old Mexican. So I was first privy to the Denisovans from watching an interview with Joe Rogan and... um, with Joe Rogan and um and uh Graham Hancock and I found that to be really interesting and compelling along as well as um catching uh, a couple Gaia episodes in regards to the Denisovans and I, I had to be, admit that I was really compelled by um, the information that, that was being presented. And also just the fact that, you know, the, the idea that, you know, as Graham Hancock has coined it, you know, that we are a species with amnesia. Um, and i and I would also coin that to agree with the fact that you know we're a species within Asia, but we also are a species that doesn't even remember our relatives, our humanoid relatives um, and if you're in- if you're curious as to what I mean by that, I highly recommend you check out my uh, live stream where I covered essentially the fact that um the united states presidential um uh presidents are descended from a elongated uh, bloodline and the fact that there was at a time a separate humanoid species that um occupied the planet uh so if you're into that kind of stuff i highly recommend you you check out that uh livestream episode you know, the, the point that I'm kind of making before we, we get into the articles is the, the fact that uh, as more and more information comes out about these, you know, separate hominid species and, 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 and more work that like um, Brian Forrester does and, and Graham Hancock and, and many others, uh, you know, you'll begin to kind of really see the, the true narrative of our world and i think that's something that's extremely important uh for many of us to kind of be aware of is the fact that you know we are being um manipulated in terms of what it what our true uh history is and our true origins and i'm not here to say that you know everything is a conspiracy or a psyop or something like that you uh, know but i i would i would say that many things are being used you know in a, in a in a form of psyop even the truth is being used as a form of psyop and i think what's interesting about the more information we learn about these you know the denisovans uh the more we learn about the, the elongated skulls in Peru, or in Bolivia, or in, even in Romania, uh, the more we start to realize that we truly um, have no idea what our origins are. And uh, I feel that it's unfortunate for us as, 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 a, as humanity, that we're constantly being manipulated and led down, um, you know, paths that are really unethical for us and being manipulated into um, condoning and promoting, you know, such lies and, and deceit. But, you know, it's kind of ironic, too, at the same time, is the more that they are trying so hard to hide things from us, obs- the more information keeps on getting exposed and the more people become uh, the more people are becoming validated in their um their knowledge uh their findings their data and it's all there in front of us and some of the things that we're going to cover in these articles in regards to the Denisovans it, it completely kind of contradicts what we have been taught in the history books about early man uh, and it, I think many of us out there who are very interested in, in these types of conversations um, are aware that, you know, some of these ancient megalithic structures, there's they were clearly built prior to our version of humanity, and maybe even prior to the, the Denisovans. Uh, you know, there is this massive... Um, area in siberia where it's just full of of bones human bones denisovan bones giant bones you know we're, we're going to get into some really interesting things when we uh when we cover the uh these articles and i just want everyone out there to just you know keep an open mind i'm not we're not going to be going into some wild tinfoil areas um but i would say keep keep an open mind In regards to some of the knowledge that you're going to be, and that you and I are going to be uh, privy to. I think it's going to be some really exciting stuff. So, without further ado, let's get into it. A second, why are you not working? Okay, right. there we go. All right. This is an article, uh, updated July twenty fifth, twenty nineteen, written by Andrew Collins. The teeth have it, tracing the Denisovan legacy around the world. And above, we have a picture of a jawline with some teeth. A dental trait found in the uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to pronounce some of this stuff incorrectly, uh, Jaihe, Denisovan jawbone, as well as some ancient and modern Cuban populations, now provides a rare opportunity to track the geographical reach and perhaps even the final fate of the Denisovans. Confirmation of the discovery of the first Denisovan mandible, lower jawbone, found as far back as 1980 in a cave in Zhang County on the eastern edge of the Tibetan Plateau in China's Gansu Province, might now provide the key to understanding the geographical reach and perhaps even the final frontiers of this ignamic uh, pre-sapiens population. This follows the publication of a new study focusing on the mandible's surviving teeth. And you know, one thing I find interesting is that you know these pre-sapien populations. So they weren't even our version of Homo sapiens. And I know you can go with the whole evolution and and all of that fact, Um, but I I also think that when you also kind of ask yourself, well, if there are, you know, elongated skulls in South America and Europe and they were, you know, actually born that manner and they don't have the suture bone that most modern humans have, you then got to kind of question yourself, you know, like I was saying earlier about these various Species of Human. The study headed by Shara E. Bailey, Associate Professor of Anthropology with the Center for the Study of Human Origins at New York University, notes that Zaihe Mandible has a uh, mandibular molar, a molar in the lower jawbone that displays three roots instead of the usual, the more than usual, two found in anatomical modern humans, and here we have a photo uh, showing the displays of three roots instead of two, and this is a a reconstruction um, image of that lower jawbone. This is the first time that this dental trait has been detected in pre-Sapiens populations. What's, more, what's important about this finding is that this same dental abnormality has been recorded in a number of ancient and modern human populations, Almost all three of them, almost all of them of Asia or Native American extraction. Since these same populations are now known to carry Denisovan's ancestry, Bailey and her team propose that this unique dental trait, referred to as 3RM1, three-rooted lower first molars, is caused not by a gene mutation, as was generally assumed, but derives instead from introgression, that is, interbreeding, either with Denisovans or with their hybrid descents. So let's learn a little bit about the Denisovan inbreeding. Oh, boy. Oh, okay, we're good. I thought I deleted it. All right, here we go. We're all good. All right, now this article was updated April 1st, 2019, and it was written by Ed Whelan. Modern humans could have mated with Denisovans as recently as 15,000 years ago. A study has made a startling claim. It argues that an extinct species of humans, the Denisovans, may have mated with modern humans, Homo sapiens, as late as 15,000 years ago. Uh, And just to put that in perspective, uh, Goblepi Tepe in Turkey uh, was constructed 12,000 years ago. This claim is based on genetic analysis of Papuan's DNA and could transform our understanding of the evolution of modern humans. It seems that the Denisovans survived until relatively recent times, and they mated with Homo sapiens for thousands of years. The Denisovans, Homo denisova, were hominids related to the Neanderthals, but the two species derived about three quarters of a million years ago. All that is known about them comes from a single cave in Siberia, the Denisovan cave. Recently archaeologists uncovered two pieces of Denisovan skull in the cave reports ancient origins these hunks of a skull are so prized because the remains of only 5 Homo denisovans have ever been found genetic legacy of Denisovans geneticists have been able to identify their DNA and this is helping us to better understand this extinct species of humans. Researchers have have been able to establish their genetic legacy in a population ranging from the Philippines and New Guinea to China and Tibet, have inherited 3% to 5% of their DNA from Denisovans, reports Science Magazine. It seems that this branch of the human family, left Africa some time before Homo sapiens and that they lived in Asia for thousands of years. When modern humans entered Asia some 50,000 years ago, members of the two species mated with each other. The Science Magazine reports that as a result of the extensive interbreeding, many modern Melanesian populations in the Pacific have up to 3% to 5% of their DNA from them. A team of biologists led by Mary Cox and Hirawati Sudoyo found traces of two types of DNA from Denisovan's populations. In samples of Papans from New Guinea, a Uh, Papua New Guinea, after studying the results using statistical analysis, they found that some of the genes had only entered the human genome as late as 15,000 years ago. Finding Denisovan genetic material at so late a date was very exciting. The genetic analysis of the sample from New Guinea adds to the body of evidence for mating between modern humans and the Denisovans. And uh, here we have uh, a tribal uh, member from New Guinea uh, with a little pet on on their shoulder. I can't even remember the name of that animal, but it is a mammal, I believe. No, or is it a marsupial? I think it's a mammal. I think it's a marsupial, but I could be wrong. Modern humans and Denisovan mating Evidence for interbreeding could help us to understand how the Denisovans became extinct. It appears that they were not driven to extinction by the activities of early modern humans, as some have suggested. To put it simply, the extinct species bred with early humans and became over time indistinguishable from them. Hmm. According to the National Geographic, the evidence indicates their numbers. Their numbers were never very high. Such a small group could have easily been subsumed into larger Homo sapien population by interbreeding. The findings of the team led by Cox and Sudoyo have lent support to the view that the Denisovans were much more widespread at a later date than previously thought. It seems that their DNA entered the human genome some thirty to 15,000 years ago. This indicates that members of the species were apparently living in New Guinea at this date along with Homo sapiens. Let's see. The Last Denisovans. This possibly indicates that isolated populations of Denisovans survived as late as 15,000 years ago in the Pacific Islands. The Science Magazine quotes uh, Chris Stringer from the London Natural History Museum as stating that a late surviving lineage of Denisovans could have interbred with Homo sapiens. Moreover, it suggests that modern humans and the extinct species were mating over a period of tens of thousands of years ago. There are those who reject this, and while accepting that while Homo sapiens and Homo denisovans may have mated regularly, claim it as highly unlikely that they did so as recently as 15,000 years ago. The discovery may be accounted for by two groups who have been isolated from each other and both had some Denisovan DNA. Because of migrations, they encountered each other after a long period of time and mated, and this could explain the findings of the international team of biologists. The evidence from the New Guinea from New Guinea is adding to our understanding of the long extinct species. They were a diverse population that appears to have interbred with modern humans for an extended period. This is changing how we see modern people and how they came to dominate the world. They may have peacefully absorbed groups like Denisovans by interbreeding. This could also explain why Homo sapiens are the only surviving human species. Interesting little nugget there. No, you know, one thing I find interesting is that, you know, they're only talking about... um, They're only talking about from... Just in North America, and it seems like Asia... maybe a little bit of europe but they're not talking about south america um so i I just find that interesting and i I wonder like is there a is there conflicting data or is there not enough data to kind of trace you know if we're going to go by you know the, the mainstream narrative of this the lineage of humans in South America, because um, we know that i would we know that around that same time there were humans in South America, so we'll see, but I wanted to follow up with that within that same um paragraph about. The Denisovans and why um, there definitely seems to be um, case to make that these that these species of humans were pretty intelligent, um, and, and and I think it also also further kind of adds to the conversation about well who were and if you've caught my my episodes discussing the the dynastic races, what are and who are the pre-deluge races that populated the earth? Um, You know, there is evidence for them. And and I'm wondering, you know, were the Denisovans part of that uh, pre-deluge race or one of the various, you know, humanoid races that were prolific at that time? All right. This was written, updated uh, June 13th, 2018, written by Andrew Collins. The Lost Legacy of the Superintelligent Denisovans who calculated uh, Sinocentric-based cosmological alignments 45,000 years ago. Now, this kind of coincides with what we were, well, this um, sort of coincides, but earlier with what we were looking at before about the interbreeding between uh, Denisovans and Homo sapiens, in that it was, they speculate around uh, what was it thirty thousand to fifteen thousand years ago. Okay, so then, prior to that time, what were human sap- Homo sapiens and Denisovans, you know, going on doing? What, what was what, When did that interaction uh, occur? A chance discovery by archaeologists in 2008 of a finger phallus of an arcanic human found in a Denisovan cave in Altai Mountains of southern Siberia has helped change everything we know about the origins of civilization. The sequencing of the bones genome in 2010 showed that it belonged to an extinct type of hominin. This previously unknown human population are today known as the Denisovans in honor of the cave in which the finger bone was found. And uh, above we have a picture of the cave entrance. And here we have a map uh, showing us exactly where the Denisovan cave is. And it's in Russia, or, yeah, Russia, Siberia. Um, It's almost close to the border of Kazakhstan and Many ways away from the border to China. From yeah, and here the map of yeah, Altai, Tarim Basin, and Baikal regions of Central and Eastern Asia showing upper pale, Paleolithic sites and the other locations mentioned in the Singhis Key, including the Denisovans cave. Robust individuals. Since that time, the Denisovan cave has produced, uh, oh, well, named after a hermit called Dennis who lived there in the 18th century. Alrighty, Shout out to Dennis. Has produced further evidence of Denisovan occupation between 100,000 and 40,000 years ago. It comes from the discovery of three molars, two from adults and one from an adolescent. All are extremely robust, suggesting that at least some Denisovans were exceptional size and height. Denisovan ancestry. In addition to this, up to five to 6% Denisovan DNA has been traced in modern human populations, from Central Asia in the West across to Asia, East Asia, South Asia, uh, Melanesia, and Australia in the East. It is present also among the Yi or Lolo peoples of China, Vietnam, Thailand, and the indigenous Sherpa populations of Tibetan Plateau. Denisovan DNA is even present among the first peoples of both both North and South America, opening all sorts of possibilities concerning the migration of Denisovan hybrid groups into the Americas during the Upper Paleolithic Age circa 40,000 to 9,600 B.C., a matter explored by Dr. Greg Little and the present author in the book Path of Souls, ran in 2014. Advanced Human Behavior In addition to this, the floor level that has mostly produced evidence for the presence of Denisovan occupation in the Denisovan cave Layer 11 has offered various tantalizing examples of advanced human behavior, including a beautifully polished arm bracelet made of bottle gen uh, chlor- uh, chloritolite, a form of chlorite. This shows evidence of having been sawed, polished, and finally drilled to create a hole through its width, that, width so that a second object, perhaps a stone ring, could be hung from a cord. Interesting. So later on, we're going to see some uh, some images of uh, of that, but I just wanted to give you a little piece of that, so you kind of can uh, be aware that you know clearly these uh, this species was um, fairly intelligent or highly intelligent, for that matter. Oh, Lord, what just happened? Uh, I don't even know. I apologize. (laughs) Somehow we got stuck on a damn commercial. Well, if you're looking for a Toyota... Seems like they got some good deals. (laughs) Alright, well, it looks like I gotta fix this, so one second, guys. Alright, and we're back. Apologies. I see we got some people in the live stream. Much love to you guys for taking time out of your day. Uh, So please, I highly recommend you hit that like button as that would be greatly appreciated and it'll help the channel grow. And if you're new, make sure to subscribe. And I apologize for the nose hairs. Good Lord, that man needs some bush clippers for those. Alright, here we go. Since these same populations are now known to carry Denisovan ancestry, and her team proposes that this unique dental trait referred to as 3RM1, three rooted lower first molars, is caused not by a gene mutation as was generally assumed, but derives instead from introgression that is interbreeding either with Denisovan's or hybrid descendants. And as we just covered, Um, We know that the interbreeding may have started uh, thirty to 15,000 years ago, and we also covered with the Denisovans that uh, about 40,000 years ago, they were clearly making advanced jewelry. Uh, So, you know, kind of makes you wonder, you know, were the Denisovans uh, in many ways responsible for... You know, furthering and advancing Homo sapiens? Well, we'll see. Who knows? Some human populations, particularly those considered ma- mongoloid in ethnicity, <laughs> okay, such as Chinese, Aleuts, and Inuits, can have mandibular molars with an extra supermerry root any, uh, in anything between 50 and 40% of the population. Most usually, this uh, dental abnormality is seen in the first mandibular molar where it is referred to as 3RM1. However, it can also affect the second or third molars where it is known as 3RM2 and 3RM3 respectively. And here we have a photo of a modern human mandible lower jaw showing the three molars And the first molar that can have an extra root, the term 3RM1, being given on this trait. Oh, okay. I see what they mean now. Interesting. Because we normally have two molars. Okay. Okay. Yep. Got it. All right. uh, Pengu1. Indeed, it is a second mandibular molar of the Jai jai jawbone that a third a uh, supernumerary root was found, a feature found also in the large pre-Sapiens mandible dredged out of the Pengu Channel between Taiwan and the nearby Pengu Islands. This was found by fishermen sometime between 2008 and is thought to be between 190,000 to 10,000 years old. Known today as Pengu One, these characteristics common to both the Jai mandible and the oversized Denisovan molars found in the Denisovan cave located in the Altai Mountains of Southern Siberia, this, uh, this suggests that it could belong to a Denisovan. All right. And here we have the Pengu mandible uh, found sometime prior to 2008 by fishermen dredging the channel between Taiwan and the Pengu Islands and there you have I believe it looks like the three uh, molars if the Pengu one jaw bone is Denisovan then this not only adds weight to Bailey's proposal to 3RM1 as inherited by modern humans via gene flow but it It also now permits us to better zero in on the geographical reach of the Denisovans through the contuents, arguably, in the same regions in many instances of those of hybrid descents. Now, that's really interesting. You know, it's just, you know, we're we're kind of pushing and pushing and pushing forward, kind of trying to figure out what's going on here and what is the you know the narrative of this and what I find really interesting is the more we're kind of learning about you know the molars you know it just further adds to the whole way that you know uh, you know biology is, is is pretty set in stone and you can't really change it and even here with with these with these jaw bones um, they didn't have they haven't stated specifically whether it's uh, Female or not, but the point—female or male—the point remains is that you know the biology there—it's—it's it's sound. Um, you, you and and I'm using my words carefully because I also am streaming on YouTube. But we have to keep in mind that you know this same discovery could be done with us. You know, fifty, hundred and fifty thousand years into the future. You know, if you know, if society had to, you know, restart itself again in many ways, and, you know, the, the biology would be sound. They would be like, well, this is a, a version of of homo sapien. You know, this isn't a, a version of homo sapien, you know, that identifies as a, a hawk. <laughs> so I'm just kind of bringing that in there to kind of remind people that, you know, there there are some sciences and 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 that are sound i'm not saying you got to trust everything or every science but we 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 would be foolish to not i would be foolish to not remind people that this type of data and um, type of archaeological studying and analyzation is very sound and you can't argue with that type of biological information just a little friendly reminder to everyone out there. Now we yeah, we talked about the hybrid descendants. Um, I think so. Let me double check to make sure that's not next on the list. Oh, we're on. Let me see. We're on. We're on four, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so that'll be next. Just wanted to double check. We're not there yet. Okay, uh, the Philippines. To date, the oldest anatomical modern human remains to display 3M m1 is the mandible found in uh 1962 along with part of the skull cap during excavations at the famous tabon cave at quezon on the island of palawan in the philippines good lord all right so the To the toban cave in the philippines showing the extraordinary uh Simelicar of a human skull noted in 2014 by the tourist uh, Philip Mize. Here we have the picture above the cave. It uh, looks like almost like a yeah, like a human skull. Very interesting. All right, uh, dubbed uh, Toban Man, it is approximately 31,000 years old. Not uh, not unconnected is the fact that a dental survey of human remains belonging to 171 individuals found in the Philippines and dating back almost 5,000 years found that no less than 17.4% displayed 3RM1. This suggests that this trait might well have been present in the Archipelago from the age of the Tobon man, 31,000 years ago, all the way down to 5,000 years ago, and arguably even beyond that to more recent times. There is also convincing circumstantial evidence that 3RM1 might have been introduced to the archipelago either by Denisovans or by their hybrid descendants. With the sequencing of Altai Denisovan genome in 2010, With higher coverage sequencing in 2012, it became apparent that some uh, Austro-Asian, no, Austronesians, indigenous peoples living in the island of Mindanao in the Philippines, more specifically the Maunao and the Monobo populations, possess uh, noticeable traces of uh, Denisovan ancestry. And here is an old photo of a uh, Bagobo priest from the Philippines. The Manabo have been shown to possess noticeable traces of Denisovan ancestry. Uh, okay. The additional fact that recent genetic survey of human populations from uh, Indonesia and New Guinea, located south and southeast of the Philippines, uncovered compelling evidence that at least One branch of so-called Sudan Denisovans might have survived through until around 15,000 years ago tells us that the earliest people of the Philippines almost certainly encountered Denisovans. Where exactly is unclear, although most likely it was in an island in the Southeast Asia somewhere. Oh, God. (laughs) hilarious. Thus, it is becoming clear, man. These, some of these ads are ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thus, it is becoming clear that islands of Southeast Asia, which once formed part of a much larger landmass named Sunda, that embrace Indo Asia, uh, Borneo, and the Malaysian Peninsula, along with the Philippines and Taiwan which was itself much larger in size at the end of the last ice age. The Pangu Channel, uh, being then above water, can now be seen as a potentially important territories of the Denisovans before their final disappearance perhaps as late as 15,000 years ago. This can deduce the presence in the region of populations with both Denisovan DNA and high frequency of 3RM1, showing world distribution of Denisovan ancestry among current populations and maps, showing the percentage of 3RM1 found in ancient and modern populations worldwide. Here we have a map um, and the star here is Denisovan cave. And we have a world map that's that's essentially just showing where a lot of the uh, Denisovan uh, bloodline can be traced. And and as we look at it, you know, I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, You know, we're talking, you know, as close as um, all the way into North America. So I think for I think many of us out there, I think we should kind of be like, kind of ask ourselves, well, how did it reach um, all the way to North America? And I think to me, I mean, it it just makes me really question uh, a lot of this information in a good way. I think what, you know, what we're learning and uncovering here, I think it's really interesting. And I I think for many of us out there, you know, I'm sure if you have done any of these of the, you know, Ancestry.com or, you know, any of those kind of things, I'm sure some people out there have found some really interesting stuff regarding their family lineage. And and maybe they found, hey, I got some, (laughs) I got some caveman in me, which is, you know, entirely possible. I know Joe Rogan is one to talk about how much uh, caveman blood he's got in him. <laughs> no surprise. I mean, he does look like one. But I think a lot of us out there, we got to have a little bit of an open mind when it comes to what they're trying to tell us in relation to this information. And to me, it's... it's. Uh, it's very telling that we are really just scratching the surface of what we were as humans and the other types of just the other types of humanoid species. I mean, I, I it sounds weird saying that. Um And I, 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 even for me, it's like, it is kind of weird saying that I would, I'm not lying Um because like, there's enough evidence out there and i've seen it that like yeah there were clearly other humanoid species and i know i sound and it's like you know it it is um weird saying that and even i'm trying to like when i say it i'm like thinking to myself bro you sound crazy saying that but i've already said several things early on that would indicate that i probably am a little crazy with what I uh, humor in terms of my beliefs and what I'll entertain, but I, I only the only reason why I'm saying it that way is because I think it just makes it easier um, to kind of distinguish what we're talking about, because you know when we're learning that these these species of humans, obviously were technologically advanced uh, to a certain extent. They had modern technology. They had, well, not, I shouldn't say modern technology, but they've had, they clearly had the technology to make things and design beautiful architecture. And I think before we um, continue further, um, let's touch a little bit on that information, actually. Oh, wait. I'm sorry, you guys aren't hearing it? Just realized that. the sound is still not working well that's frustrating but I'm not going to waste time trying to figure it out but essentially here um, there are other species of human beings that existed in the Americas like we're finding in Russia and there's many of them that are being discovered all over the world now these subspecies humans beings and uh Graham is saying, um, you know, you go into America before that was the first draw of me into the Denisovan cave in Siberia. I think everybody's heard of Neanderthals these days. and I think everybody heard of the Denisovans. So in this video, like they're essentially kind of talking about the fact that you can pretty much like realize that these Denisovans, these these humanoid species, not only were they in North America and Asia, but they were also highly advanced um, and highly sophisticated. And I think that for for many of us out there is kind of jarring, but since I can't get the audio to work, we'll head to the other articles. I got a couple other articles in there that got um, pictures and drawings of, uh, of what they've uh, created. So we'll get to that in a little bit apologies. I'll get that fixed next time. So let's head back down. All right, we cover the Philippines. Now we were at when we were talking about we were looking at the map and how the Denisovans pretty much you know they're they're found everywhere except in Africa. Um but they're in North America, South America, even in uh was that Greenland yeah, Greenland too, but they were they a highly populated uh Asia um, so I think what's interesting to me about that personally like is if you look into Noah and you look at his sons you uh, you trace up with uh, Joseph, his son, and and how you know he pretty much kind of repopulated the area of of Europe and even Asia. So there's some interesting things there when you look at the, the biblical aspects of our of history in terms of human history. I think if we were to kind of like trace in relation the the scientific uh, discoveries of of various humans and correlating it with uh, written uh, religion and the birth of certain religions, I think we might find some really compelling and interesting data and information there. But that's just me personally. And the next key here, or the next map, showing the percentage level of dental trait 3RM1 in ancient and modern populations as recorded by a number of different studies, as collected by Amit Sem Erkamana and Ferhat Kaba, uh, Kayab in 2014, uh, Mediterranean Archaeology and uh, uh, Archaeometry. Note the high evidence of 3R M1 in eastern and southeastern Eurasia and also in North America. What is more what is more, there are several other clear examples where modern populations have been found to possess both 3RM1 and Denisovan ancestry. Uh, they include the Chinese, the Mala, Japanese, uh, uh, no, the Javanese, Javanese, yeah, Javanese interests, Japanese, Thai, and Vietnamese, all show not only a high incidence of 3RM1, but also traces of Denisovan ancestry, the Inuit. Also striking is the case of the Inuit of uh, Arctic Canada, Alaska, and Greenland. Genetic studies have shown that the Greenland Inuit not only possesses Denisovan ancestry, but also carry two genes, TBX15 and WARS2, inherited from the Denisovans and enabling them to live permanently in extremely cold environments. Is that true about John Travolta? <laughs> I'm just looking at this ad to the right. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> someone in the someone drop it in the in the chat. That is true, or in the comment section. Thus, it is inheriting to know that ancient modern Greenland Inuits display VRM one in as much as 26.9% of the population, a figure very close to that of their Alaskan counterparts, Africans and Europeans. In contrast, European and African human groups display little, if any, Denisovan ancestry. This is probably due to the fact that the Denisovans and their hyper-descendants would seem only to have ever occupied Eastern Eurasia, along with Melanesia, Australia, and just maybe the American continent. It therefore comes as no surprise that dental studies shown show a fairly low frequency of 3RM1 among European Caucasians. For instance, two separate studies of British Caucasians, one from 1899 and the other from from 1973, both found that around 3.4% of the population display 3RM1. Another study of European Caucasians in general found 3RM1 and 3.2% of those examined, very similar to the results from Britain. In African studies of the Malabar molars, 67 members of the Batu population determined that not one individual possessed 3RM1. Another study of the Nubian dental traits found 3RM1 in 2.6% of the population, with some groups displaying none whatsoever. If found to be consistent among other populations of equatorial Africa, such findings would add weight to the idea that the Denisovans developed as an individual pre-sapient species, Only after they reach the Eurasian continent and move eastward into Central, Eastern, Southern, and Southwestern Asia, leaving Western Eurasia to their sister group, the Neanderthals. The the particular low rate of 3RM1 among European Caucasians is usually seen as a result of simple gene abnormality. This is in complete contrast with Asian populations where the percentage of 3RM1 is so high that it can only have come from direct inheritance. Originally, it was thought that 3RM1 in Asia populations was a result of genetic mutation in a past common ancestor. Yet, the discovery that a third root is present in lower molars belonging to both Jehe and Pangu 1 mandibles it is now becoming clear that more suitable explanation would be to assume that this dental trait in fact derived from introgression with either with denisovans themselves or with their hybrid descendants so the fact that between 3 to 3.4% of european caucasians do carry 3rm1 as opposed to the zero rate detected in some equatorial equatorial African populations, could well imply that its presence may in fact be a very weak signal of past Denisovan introgressions with the ancestors of some European populations. Greg L. Little and the current author in the new book, Denisovan Origins, provide new evidence that the Upper Paleolithic culture known as the the Sulotrian, which flourished in the southwest Europe circa Twenty thousand to fifteen thousand BC evolved from much earlier incursions into Central Europe, circa thirty thousand to twenty-five thousand years ago, that might well have began as far east as southern Siberia or Mongolia. And here we have Solutrean tools, uh, twenty-two thousand to seven thousand BC. Looks like we have some arrowheads. And uh yeah, mostly looks like arrowheads. Maybe some spearheads. If correct, then it is possible that this Proto-Sultrian or East Eastern Gravitian population possessed at least some North Asian ancestry, which perhaps included both Denisovan DNA and the 3RM1 dental trait. If so, then these could have persisted al- among the Sultrians of, of southwest Europe before eventually being diluted through introgression with other upper Paleolithic populations. Moreover, the, ar- the arrival in Western Europe of Neolithic farmers inbound from the Near East circa 6000 to 5000 BC would have diluted this Denisovan ancestry and the 3RM1 dental trait still further examining why both are barely traceable in Europeans today. Siberians and Mongolians. Such speculations also make sense of findings regarding the presence of 3RM1 in Siberian and Mongolian populations. For example, a dental study of 164 individuals who inhabited northeastern Siberia, circa 200 BC, found that 23.2% possessed 3RM1. Furthermore, an examination of 30 individuals who lived in the shores of Lake Balkai of Baikal in southern-central Siberia during Neolithic times showed that 23.3% Nearly one-quarter possessed 3RM1. Lake Baikal is 994 miles east of the Denisovan Cave, the type site of the Denisovans, which they occupied through until around 45,000 years ago. The discovery during excavations at the Cave of Finley uh, work beads made of ostrich eggshells has led to speculation that the Denisovans had contacted with either archaic human or modern human groups existing in the Lake Baikal region, since it was the trans Baikal East and Southeast of the Great Inland Sea that was the closest natural habitat of ostriches ostriches at at this time. The presence of 3RM1 in human groups living on Lake Baikal during Neolithic times was very possible the result of introgression between their direct ancestors and either the Denisovans of their hybrid descendants. This too is an important realization, especially as hardly any Denisovan DNA has been found in the current populations of Siberia and Mongolia. Any substantial Denisovan Uh, ancestry having been diluted and lost long ago. You know, to me, I just find this really um, interesting because it's like we're learning that, you know, yeah, there was clearly separate, you know, human species and humanoid species out there. And um, they obviously were intermingling and interbreeding. And in this article here, you know, we can, and uh, we'll cover real quick about these different archaic human groups. Uh, And this is uh, updated July 18th, 2019. Genetic analysis has revealed that the ancestors of modern humans interbred with at least five different Archaic human groups as they moved out of Africa and across Eurasia. While two of the Archaic, uh, Archaic groups are currently known, the Neanderthals and their sister group, the Denisovans from Asia, the others remain unnamed and have only been detected as traces of DNA surviving in different modern populations. Uh, Island Southeast Asian appears to have been uh, a particular hotbed of diversity. Published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, are researchers from the University of Abiel's Australian Center of Ancient DNA have mapped the location of past mixing events analyzed from existing scientific literature by contrasting the left the archaic human genomes survive in modern humans. Each of us carry within ourselves the genetic traces of these past mixing events, says author Dr. Jao uh, Tiziera, Australian Research Council Research Associate at the University of Adelaide. I apologize if I'm butchering some of these names. These RCAC groups were widespread and genetically diverse, and they survive in each of us. Their story is an integral part of how we came to be. For example, all present-day populations shown about, show about 2% of Neanderthal ancestry, which means that Neanderthal mixing... Uh, Neanderthal, ne, yeah, Neanderthal mixing with the ancestors of modern humans occurred soon after they left Africa, probably around 50,000 to 55,000 years ago, somewhere in the Middle East, end quote. But as the ancestors of modern humans traveled further East, they met and mixed with at least four other groups of Archaic humans. Uh, here we have a photo or yeah, a digital um, um, creation of the representation of archaic humans, you know, wearing, uh, you know, fur clothing, you know, spears, you know, torches, you know, looking like, you know, a bunch of people at Burning Man. <laughs> Island Southeast Asia was a crowded place. Island Southeast Asia was already a crowded place when we, uh, when what we call modern humans first reached the region just before 50,000 years ago, says uh, Dr. Tixiara. At least three other Archaic human groups appear to have occupied the area, and the ancestors of modern humans mixed with them before the Archaic humans became extinct. At least three other Archaic human... Uh, wait, oops, sorry. Yeah, here's a picture of an Archaic human group. Uh, At least three other Archaic human groups appear to have occupied the area, um, but they are still a mystery. So we only know of two of them. We don't know the other three. Interesting. Using additional information from uh, reconstructed migration routes and fossil vegetation records, the researchers have proposed there was a mixing event in the vicinity of Southern Asia between the modern humans and a group they named Extinction Hominin one, The out of Africa story isn't a simple one. Well, that kind of makes sense. Other interbreeding occurred with groups in East Asia, in the Philippines, the Suda Shelf, continental shelf, that used a connect Java, Bonaro, and Sumatra to mainland East Asia, and possibly near Flores, Indonesia, with, with another group they have named Extinct Hominin 2. We knew the story Afri- out of Africa wasn't a simple one, but it seems to be far more complex than we have contemplated, says Dr. T. Quote, The the island Southeast Asia region was clearly occupied by several Archaic human groups, probably living in relative isolation from each other for hundreds of thousands of years before the ancestors of modern humans arrived. The timing also makes it look like the arrival of modern humans was followed quickly by the demise of the Archaic human groups in each area, end quote. Here we have a photo of depicting uh, modern humans arriving. And they look like they are coming to collect. (laughs) Both of them, the man and the woman, they both got got sticks. (laughs) They're looking like they're ready to colonize. (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Very interesting. Very very interesting. All right, we're not there yet. I I do have some. Um, there's also some really other interesting types of um other various. Uh, hold on a second, guys. Sorry about that, guys. We're back. All right, we covered the Africans, the Siberians. All right, on to the new world. Moving across to the New World, we find that among the Aleut of the Aleutian Islands of Alaska, the frequency of 3RM1 is a staggering 40.9%. In contrast, however, very little Denisovan ancestry has so far been detected among their population. What has been found, however, in two recent genetic studies is the presence of Austrial, Austri. Uh, Australo-Melanesian ancestry among the Aleut. Most likely, this originated in the Sudan region of southern of yeah of southeastern Asia, where three R M one has been noted in fifteen percent of the population. The presence of three R M one among the Nadine Northwest Coast First Peoples of the Pacific. Northwest has been found to be around 15%, while in many other Native American populations the rate falls between 5 and 7%. Some Denisovan ancestry has been traced among the first peoples of North America, with the Tinglet of the Pacific Northwest and the Ojibwa and the Cree of the Great Lakes, St. Lawrence River region displaying the highest incidence of Denisovan DNA so far detected by any one group. However, not enough information is yet known about the Denisovan ancestry in Native Americans, so this might relate to the presence of 3RM1 among the same populations remains unclear however there are clues interesting now you know I they now I'm pretty sure they're gonna probably touch on and and reference you know that um, that that time that North America and um We're probably connected because we know that there're you know I don't want to get too crazy here, but you know if if you were to look trace the you know the lineage and the origins of many um, indigenous Americans, and I put indigenous in quotation marks in the areas of of uh western North America. You could their lineage would be traced back to Siberia. So there definitely is something there. Synodonti and sundodonti. Repeatable patterns of dental traits and dental morphology have been noted among different Asian populations. And these can be broken down into two distinct groups, both of which display high frequencies of 3RM1, the first of these groups are described as sinodonti in nature, me, uh, sino meaning Chinese and don't meaning tooth-like. Those who display sinodonti dental morphology are mainly Eastern Asian people such as Chinese and Japanese. The second group is classified as a sudanonti in nature from Sudan, the name of the former great land masses embracing Indonesia, Borneo, and the Malaysian Peninsula. Those displaying a pseudodontri dental morphology have been found in skeletal remains belonging to the Jomon people of Japan, along with modern-day populations of Taiwanese aborigines, Filipinos, Indo-Asians, Borenees, and Malaysians. This includes populations of uh, Malay uh Melanesians' ethnicity, even though Sudan is not seen in australo Melanesian skeletal remains other, older than 5,000 years. This has led to the speculation that the original australo Melanesian population was overrun at this time, most likely by Astronesians coming from Taiwan in, in the north as part of the so-called Astronesian expansion circa 65,000 to 5,000 years ago. This said, Sudan Dontry uh, does, as its name suggests, probably originate in the Sudan region of southeastern Asia. The pioneer in the study of Sudan Dantri is and Sindodontry was an American anthropologist, Christy G. Turner II, 1933 to 2013. Damn, that man lived for a minute in a comprehensive study published in 1990 he determined that san dadantri <laughs> good lord appeared to be more arcanic and thus far older than Sinodonti, good lord man they just love tongue twisters these scientists don't they this is a very important find since it closely correlates with what we know about the two basic types of Denisovan. The Siberian Denisovans, who probably inhabited the more northly territories of Siberia, Mongolia, northern China, and Tibet. And the Sudan Denisovans, who, who thrived farther south in mainland southeastern Asia, island southeast Asia, and Melanesia and perhaps even the former Sahul landmass that once embraced Australia and New Guinea. Both branches of Denisovans uh, display their own unique genetic profiles, although it is the Sudan Denisovans who are now recognized as distinctly more archaic than their more northern neighbors. The Siberian Denisovans, It is a situation that matches very well with the evolution and geographical extent of tsundendante and tsundendante dental morphologies in Asian populations. This seems likely to be coincidence, suggesting that the dental traits found in these two different types of populations, one in Eastern Asia, the other farther south among peoples primarily of the Astro-Low-Melanesian or Astro-Asian descent may have been forged by introgression either with the Siberian Denisovans or the Suda Denisovans, the later having perhaps survived in one form or another down to around 15,000 years ago. It's perhaps with the arrival of the hybrid descendants carrying both Sundodontri and Sindodontri dental morphologies that Denisovan ancestry and 3RM1 was introduced both into North America and South America. Whether these migrations included actual Denisovans is a vexing question, unlikely to be answered anytime soon. A better understanding of both 3RM1 and Denisovan ancestry among the indigenous peoples of the Americas now seems crucial to better piece together this incredible story of human migration at the time of the last ice age. Woo, that's a lot of dense information, but interesting, because um, I was very dense. And I had more articles, but I think that uh. I think I'm sure many of us, our brains are a bit warped by all that information, so I think I might do a part two and cover the other articles that I had. Um, I was going to do a deep dive, but I just realized I am on the clock, and this probably could have gone on for another hour or two, and I didn't want to do that to you guys on a beautiful Saturday. But I really do appreciate everyone who has sticked on and sticked with me through the technical hiccups and what have you. I really appreciate it and if you would so kindly hit that like button as that would greatly mean a lot and it would help me and the channel grow. So please, please, please hit that like button and make sure to subscribe if you're new to the channel. And uh, tomorrow, I will be doing a live stream. Uh, Tomorrow, we are definitely doing a deep, deep, deep dive. Um, And I've been putting this off for too long, but what's happening tomorrow, we're going to be discussing um, Hindu texts and quantum physics. So we're going to do a deep dive on that puppy Uh, tomorrow. I've been looking forward to that one for... A minute now and uh, that'll be what we're going to be having for the end of the weekend um, next week we're going to be talking about uh, Edgar Casey, Atlantis and Giants and then we're going to probably do another live stream on Giants because if you know me I love me some Giants love that stuff so that's going to be on the topic for next week so tomorrow we're going to talk about hindu texts and quantum physics next week we will be talking about edgar casey atlantis the akashic records and then we'll also be doing a two-parter on giants as well more specifically on giants in uh, north america so that's what we're going to be talking about next week. So keep an eye out for the uh, keep an eye out for the thumbnails for that. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. It's uh, at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S, R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, Ronin Art underscore music uh but yeah keep if you want to really talk with me and and interact with me twitter is the best place and uh, if you have any thoughts or any recommendations on things you'd like for me to cover please leave a comment on this video or hit me up on twitter but yeah just a quick refresher um next tomorrow we're talking about hindu texts and quantum physics next week edgar casey akashic records uh giants And maybe we'll do another, we'll we'll do a part two on the Denisovans because I do find this information pretty interesting. Um, And I think I might continue on that because I I think it's just fascinating. But those are going to be what we're going to be covering next week. Um, I'll be working on some more things to cover. So just catch the thumbnails if you're ever peeping on your YouTube or Rumble or what have you. Um, but yeah, I know the summer is literally about to end next week. So if you can, for all my listeners out there and newcomers, please make sure you get outside, enjoy the weather if you're able to, and, uh, prepare yourself for the coming season change. If you're on the East Coast, if you're in the Midwest, hunker down, prepare for the cold. If you're on the West Coast, uh, enjoy the sunshine. And until next time, stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love. I hope you enjoyed this episode of lounge Ronin to learn more about myself and how you can support lounge Ronin head over to my Patreon page at Ronin art and music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on my social media on Twitter, Ronin art and music or at me at Kios Ronin K O I O S R O N I N on Instagram. Follow me at Ronin art underscore music. And if you prefer, Hit me up at my email at music 9 at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love.